Welcome back to another episode of Keep It Brief on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM WRFH. I am your host, SK, and I'm here with Camden. And today we're going to be talking about student loans. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about student loans and with most Americans these days going to college or pursuing some sort of higher education, it is an issue that affects a lot of us. Whether or not you take out loans, it's just some interesting policy. So we're going to dive into some Supreme Court cases that came up recently and how they are impacting student loan forgiveness. Right. Yeah. So obviously, you know, back in time a couple of years for covid That was really rough on everybody um, financially. So a big topic naturally during the 2020 election was student loans and what different candidates were going to do specifically for students and and families in general who were feeling like the burden of of COVID and everything, but particularly with students and our current president, Joe Biden, at the time he was running, um, I'm sure everybody remembers, was talking a lot about how he was going to relieve what was it like 10 grand for every student yeah ten thousand dollars uh if you Mm. yeah if your income's at a certain level so it's under 100 so it's like that's Mm -hmm. basically any college student Mm -hmm. um so yeah obviously sounds sounds super nice in practice um oh yeah who doesn't love free stuff except the econ major is gonna say that (laughs) nothing's free (laughs) nothing is free so true yeah ten thousand dollars of debt relief that could you know, make a big difference for a lot of families, a lot of students who have racked up a lot of student loan debt. College is obviously the most expensive it's ever been and ticket prices keep rising every year. So I could see where, you know, the administration was coming from when they presented this in 2020. So I think in total, Joe Biden was promising to cancel about $430 billion in debt. Um, that's a huge number. Yeah, it is. And the thing is, is I like I already think that there's a huge number of, of students who do take out loans and who would have, you know, been affected by this. But I think what made this number even even larger is the fact that then it was like kind of offering an incentive for people who normally wouldn't have been taking out loans to to then take them out. If they're like, hey, you're getting these forgiven. Why should I why should I have to pay my tuition if you're not going to have to. Might as well get a piece exactly. of pie. Um, you know, don't blame them. My Actually, my ex-boyfriend, he <laughs> was he was planning on doing this. You know, he wasn't like initially going to like take out loans to pay for college. But um, undergrad or grad? Undergraduate. OK. Yeah, OK. For senior year. Um, yeah. So he was actually going to, you know, at the time when they thought like Biden was going to going to do it and cancel cancel these loans. He was like, why did why not? Like take out a ten thousand dollar loan if it's going to be forgiven. And I was like. So valid. You know, part of me, I was like, probably like, that's not, you shouldn't do that because if you fundamentally don't agree with what it does to the economy to cancel that amount of loans, like you shouldn't do it. But at the same time, retrospectively, I think that was sort of stemming from like a chip on my shoulder since we go to Hillsdale and it wouldn't have like affected us. Because exactly. Yes. If you didn't know, Hillsdale obviously does not take any government funding. Right. So when we're looking at these federal student loan forgiveness programs, all of us students here at Hillsdale, our loans are privately funded if you have a loan. So the federal government, there's just absolutely no opportunity for that ever to be forgiven. So I understand why you had a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. It's like if, if his salty, is, bro. Right. If his is going to get forgiven and if you were going to take a loan and it wasn't, it's like, yeah, no, it shouldn't work like that. <laughs> so valid. 
So let's get to the case. Basically, this the first one we're looking at is Biden v. Nebraska, as we said earlier. Um, and for a little context, the facts of the case, the fact that in 2020, as SK said, Biden was presenting the idea that he would be able to cancel $10,000 of student loan debt per borrower. And I'll say it kind of sounds like he's trying to buy votes, but I think it's important because if you think about in, in any election, whether it be presidential or a smaller election, how much politicians are talking about what they can do for you and for your family and how they're going to support you and how you can, you know, maintain more of your money or, you know, be financially better off, you know, as a result of them being in office. And so I think it's important to really know what politicians are actually capable of, like, you know, mm, exactly following yes. through on because yes. it's like, okay, you can promise all these things, but it's like, bro, if you can't actually do that, then like, just keep talking. Exactly. And they definitely can't. There's just so much red tape in the government and the administrative state, the bureaucracy, all of that. That's a whole nother conversation. But when, like you said, these promises are made and and no fault of the average American, like this is kind of tricky stuff. There's a lot of nuance to it. And so you, we should be able to trust the president. And if the president says, hey, I'd absolutely love to do this for you, we should yeah. be able to trust him that he's gone through and looked ahead at the proper channels to see if this can happen or not. Right. And also, I think it's important to to note the difference between, okay, even if they are able legally to do something, having a little bit more forethought, particularly when it comes to national expenditures, <laughs> would be... You tell them, Econ Major, be, you tell them. ...would be really valuable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like even if, if he was able to do something like that, it's like, that doesn't mean, like, I know it's sounds so good and appealing to have ten thousand dollars of your debt forgiven right now but like in the long term you know if that's not ultimately going to add to the health of our economy for like post-grad and the rest of your life then like maybe just like you know bite the bullet and mm -hmm. take a, you know pay the exactly $10, so i'm over here concerned about the overreach of the administrative state and sk is worried about national expenditure both valid things but very different perspectives <laughs> And, you know, some other people were concerned, too. Nebraska and five other states mm -hmm. were thinking, hey, I'm not sure that this loan forgiveness program is kosher. I'm not sure this is constitutional. Yeah, but you know what, Joe? It's it's sounding like, hey, in, unless you can show me the $430 billion that you have, um, I'm thinking you can't promise that. That's like going out to dinner with a bunch of people and being like, no, 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 like Camden will pay. <laughs> right like camden's got it yeah no guys like come out to dinner with me and camden will pay perfect okay so at the end of the day the question is does the biden administration have the power to via executive action forgive ten thousand dollars in student loan debt for borrowers if they have an income of less than $125,000, because that is what they were proposing. And as I said earlier, Nebraska and five other states challenged this. SK, where did they where did they think that they could derive the power to make this sort of decision? They cited the authority to be able to forgive these loans under the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act of 2003, or the HEROES Act, to be able to establish a student loan forgiveness program to cancel, again, $430 billion. Billion with a B. Billion. <laughs> Operational aspect being that for one of these states, so there's Nebraska and five others, one of them was Missouri. Um, and the court concluded that Missouri did have a, a standing to be able to challenge the student debt relief program. 
because um, the secretary's plan was going to cost the Missouri Higher Education Loan Authority, it was going to cost them nearly $44 million a year in fees. And it, I mean, obviously that would, that would harm their ability to, to be able to even function um, and operate as it needs to in the public. So that's really, you know, an, an injury and damage to Missouri. Exactly. And their ability to challenge this, that power is rested in Article 3, the fact that a, pl- a plaintiff has to um, have suffered injury. So like SK said, that $44 million a year in fees qualifies as their injury. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about this as well is the HEROES Act in the past has, as we sort of already explained, it's used for this sort of thing. So post 9-11, it affected how student loans operated because there was a big national disaster, obviously. Uh, COVID as well. President Trump used it to pause the payback, if you will, of student loans. So Biden felt like, hey, let's continue this conversation and just use it to completely cancel student loans in general. Right. But I think that is actually a really important distinction to make on um, between President Trump and Biden is that Trump just paused payments for for student loans. He didn't he didn't exactly. promise he was going to forgive them. And so the HEROES Act, um, it permits the secretary to, quote unquote, modify statutory provisions, but only, quote unquote, moderately or in minor fashion as the term is ordinarily used. So the modifications challenged here create a completely different loan forgiveness programs that Congress could not have intended to permit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important to understand, you know, how they're how they're understanding moderately or or minor to be interpreted as. So the difference between again pausing payments on loans versus saying, hey, we're going to forgive four hundred and thirty billion dollars. Exactly. Like we don't even have like no, <laughs> no, we definitely don't have the money for that. So if you haven't picked up on it yet, the court determined that this student loan forgiveness plan was unconstitutional in a six to three decision. And basically what they said is that the Secretary of Education does not have authority under the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act of 2003 to establish a student loan forgiveness program that will cancel roughly $430 billion in student debt principal and affect nearly all borrowers. So that is unconstitutional. And what the secretary tried to argue as well is that, you know, COVID-19 was really unprecedented and it then directly affected the unprecedented nature of canceling debt. Like this new issue has never really been faced before, just like COVID hadn't been faced before. But the court did not agree with that statement. That also fed into their 6-3 decision. Obviously, as it pertains to student loans, these are really, really important cases to be aware of for college students in particular. And I know it can be super meaty sometimes and difficult to understand all these specifics, which is why it's important to have a source that you can go to and rely on to break it down, which is exactly what we do here on Keep It Brief on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM WRFH. Chief Roberts, who authored the opinion of the court, referenced the Higher Education Act of 1965 as one of the derivations of some of their reasoning. And he talked about the specifics of federal loans. And he said, 
The terms of federal loans are set by law, not the market, so they often come with benefits not offered by private lenders. Such benefits include deferment of any repayment until after graduation, loan qualification regardless of credit history, relatively low fixed interest rates, income-sensitive repayment plans, and, for undergraduate students with a financial need, government payments of interest while the borrower is in school. Interesting. The Education Act specifies in detail terms and conditions attached to federal loans, including applicable interest rates, loans, fees, repayment plans, and consequences of default. It also authorizes the secretary to cancel or reduce loans, but only in certain limited circumstances and to a particular extent. Specifically, the secretary can cancel a set amount of loans held by some public servants, including teachers, members of the armed forces, Peace Corps volunteers, law enforcement, and corrections officers, firefighters, nurses, and librarians who work in their profession for a minimum number of years. The secretary can also forgive the loans of borrowers who have died or been quote-unquote permanently and totally disabled, such that they cannot quote-unquote engage in any substantial gainful activity. Bankrupt borrowers may have their loans forgiven, and the secretary is directed to discharge loans for borrowers falsely certified by their schools. So shortly after the September 11th terrorist attacks, Congress became concerned that borrowers that were affected by the crisis, particularly those that served in the military, would need additional assistance. As a result, it enacted the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act of 2001. That law provided the Secretary of Education for a limited period of time with quote-unquote specific waiver authority to respond to conditions in the national emergency caused by 9-11. Gotcha. Rather than allow this grant of authority to expire by its terms at the end of September 2003, though, Camden, Congress passed the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act of 2003. That act extended the coverage of the 2001 statute to include any war or national emergency, not just the 9-11 attacks. Okay, so that's where they had the the opportunity to bring this back up with COVID. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yep. So I believe there is a similar case. Yes. So around, you know, the same time, this was actually decided super recently, um, early 2023, we had Department of Education versus Brown. And this case came up in, you know, reference to Joe Biden's campaign promises and his attempt to forgive student loans once he became president under the HEROES Act. Everything we talked about previously also applies to this case, the fact that it was $10,000 per borrower, you know, the different income thresholds that you had to be under in order to receive these student loan forgiveness benefits. And there were actually two students who were frustrated with this new, um, this new policy by President Biden named Mira Brown and Alexander Taylor. They both have student loans. Brown was ineligible for debt forgiveness because her loans were commercially held and Taylor is ineligible because he did not receive a Pell Grant. So these two students were frustrated. They thought, hey, we're going to school. We're, you know, trying to get a get a good education and all of our friends who are, you know, possibly going to get their loans forgiven. We aren't like them because of these different circumstances that differentiate us. And they argued, well, their lawyers argued that if the Biden administration had followed proper procedures, then it would have given not even their unconventional students, but in terms of like the cookie cutter 
federal loan borrower who gets to partake in this program, it would give, you know, the more unconventional student the opportunity to participate as well. So the main, you know, questions in all of this were just basically, do these two student loan borrowers have, you know, the Article 3 standing that Missouri did, uh, which basically just means were they injured by this to be able to take it to court? And then is the plan an unconstitutional exercise of legislative power by the president's cabinet member, the secretary of education? So was this an overreach? And was it an unfair delegation of that legislative power? Shockingly, because we haven't had one yet, I don't believe, this was a unanimous decision. All nine justices decided that... We haven't had one ever? Or on our show? On our show. Okay. (laughs) Oh my goodness, on our show. Yeah, not ever. There's definitely been some. As I said earlier, this was a unanimous decision by the court, but in a really unique way, because while they still feel that under the HEROES Act, establishing the student loan forgiveness is unconstitutional, they just did not feel that the two students were able to prove that their inability to participate in the program was enough injury, if you will, to have the program changed or reformed. And I think as, you know, Hillsdale students, and as we talked about earlier, a lot of people we go to school with who probably have loans, they might sort of sympathize with the fact that these students thought it was frustrating that their loans aren't going to be forgiven when thousands of other people's loans are. And I mean, do most students here have a specific ideology where they might not agree with student loan forgiveness? Yes, but I still think it's a fair point to bring up that there's lots of students, especially a lot of people we know, who would not be able to participate in this program. So this case directly impacts absolutely tons of people around us. Or again, like I said earlier, if you when you're talking about different ideological beliefs, if you fundamentally disagree with it, and so you're caught between this hey, I don't want to engage in an activity that goes against my beliefs. At the same time, I see how many other people are going to be partaking in this. And then it starts to feel like, hey, if I'm not engaging in this, is it even making a difference? Exactly. That's so true. So I think as we enter into the 2024 election, this case only serves as a great reminder that it's really important to be cognizant of different candidates, especially as they make claims and promises for their their platform and their candidacy and understanding the difference between what they are saying they will do and what they can actually do. I completely agree in this case and what they should do. Sorry, let me clarify. So true. just because they say they can do it and just because they have the power to do it doesn't mean that they should do it. So these three things really focus on um, getting those things aligned. Thank you for the clarification on that. I completely agree. And as I was going to say, I think this case as similar to you said, it comes as a pivotal time. And it is a great reminder from the Supreme Court uh, on what power the president does have in this capacity. So then this, even though student loans will be a campaign issue of 2024, it sets the precedent for it that it shouldn't be because it's unconstitutional. So thank you so much for listening today to Keep It Brief on 101.7 FM WRFH Radio Free Hillsdale. We'll see you next week.